Good morning and welcome to Fitzroy's online worship on the 8th of November 2020. And this, uh, in many parts of the world, is Remembrance Sunday, where we remember those who lost their lives in wars down through the years. That's a sensitive service in Fitzroy. Uh, Many in our Fitzroy community are perhaps not used to such services, and many others within Fitzroy may not lean towards such services. And over the years we have... Uh, tried to make these services personal and sensitive and I think very, very powerful and so this year. Later on in the service we're going to partner with my good friend uh, Brent van der Linde, a member of Fitzroy who's a chaplain in the Royal Navy at Yeovilton uh, in England and he has asked uh, Abel Seaman Jack Shuttleworth to read the scriptures and uh, you'll just find that very, very helpful. Johnny Fitch is going to sing a song in the middle of that act of remembrance. And that will be really the reason why we we do it. It's to remember those in Fitzroy, um, who are all over the walls at the front of Fitzroy's vestibule, who went off to war and didn't come back. And so we remember them today and we remember Brent and the work that he does um, as well. The reading that Jack's going to read is different from the lectionary reading that I want to read and it is a great way into worship. So let me do that now. The lectionary reading I've chosen and I'll explain later on and it dovetails beautifully with what Brent said, Johnny's song and uh, this text. It's from uh, Joshua chapter 24. Um, Joshua's about to make a, a new covenant at Shechem and um, uh, in that covenant God is asking the people about their worship which seems appropriate as we come to worship this morning but listen to this good because the rest of the theme of the service is based on the remembering in these words and then the challenge of what we worship Joshua chapter 24 I'm reading first of all verses 2 to 5 Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau, but Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there, and brought you out. Then later on, after this remembering, uh, Joshua starts to really confront the people. And verse 19, Joshua said to the people, You are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end to you after he has been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, You are witnesses against yourselves, that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you, and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, We will serve the Lord our God, and obey him. Let us worship 
our God and obey him. My name is Reverend Brent van der Linde. I'm a chaplain in the Royal Navy. Um, at the moment, I'm stationed in the Royal Naval Air Station in Yeovilton, just south of Bristol. 
the cool thing we do on this base is we do loads of flying and helicopters. So every single day you'd hear helicopters flying off and um, now and again you'd have jets taken off. It's a really cool place to work um, because they've got some really cool toys. Uh, and sometimes, just sometimes, they uh, maybe allow me to do some flying, but we'll, we'll see how, how that goes. We are currently in uh, the season of remembrance. Remembrance uh, for chaplains are probably a, a lot like Christmas for ministers and churches, where there's so much remembrance services taking place that when you get to the end of it, you're not quite sure what you did or what it actually means. Um, and you, you end up singing the naval hymn, for example, loads and loads of times. Um, but it is a time to reflect. Um, part of my job is to walk young men and women through their journey of remembering. But not only to help them to look back, but also to help them to look forward. To ask them that question of, what sort of future do you think those men and women died for? What did they want? And sometimes you you get an answer, something like freedom, so that we can all have uh, liberty, we do. But then I dig down a little bit deeper and ask, to tell me a little bit about that. You know, what does that mean to you? I guess that part for me is probably the most exciting bit of remembrance is helping them think through the future. Starting the discussion on what sort of place they want to live in and what their part in that is. Often we come to talk about different wars, for example, and we talk about how different people on each side must have felt in those wars. And sometimes in services, we get to pray for both sides, knowing that war is a horrible thing and none of us want it. But this is the place that we find ourselves in. So for me, remembrance and why I enjoy doing remembrance is getting that opportunity to talk to sailors about the future. and Maybe even share a story about a man named, man named Jesus Christ who created a wonderful future for them, who wants to bring them hope and life. Um, and that can happen in the midst of pain. And it's been wonderful to, to be able to do that. And it's a real privilege to share with our young men and women on the remembrance what Jesus could mean to them and how much he loves them and how much he wants to bring them peace. Thank you.
I went for the adventure I went to be brave I went to see the world I went to try and save A way of life and of being free A little church and your love for me And I'm being free A little church and love for me The war is over till we win Oh, a new world and we begin The war is over and we win Oh, a new world and we begin I said we'd be back soon I said we'd be alright I said don't you worry I said that every night That, that I would write, that I would pray I thank God for this blessed day I would write and I would pray I thank God for this blessed day The war is over, did we win? Oh, what new world did we begin? The war is over, did we win? Oh, what new world did we begin? No one ever imagined that you can't imagine knowing The pain, the screams, the smell, blood is sweating on my brow But Jesus in the garden, Father take this cup somehow The pain, the screams, the smell, blood is sweating on my brow The war is over till we win, for what new world do we begin? War is over and then we win Oh, what new world we begin War is over till we win Oh, what new world we begin War is over till we win Oh, what new world we begin Hi, my name's A.T. Shuttleworth. I work here on the base and I previously worked with Brent on HMS Duncan where we ran uh, the church together on board and it was a very interesting experience, let's just say. But it's my pleasure to be reading for you this morning uh, here from the church at Arneus Yolton. So let's get into it. Let's read Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 10 to 14. This is God's word on the subject As soon as Babylon's 70 years are up, and not a day before, I'll show up and take care of you, as I promised, and bring you back home. I know what I'm doing. I have it planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. 
Yes. When you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. I'll turn things around for you. I'll bring you back from all the countries into the world in which I have driven you. Bring you home from the place to which I have sent you into exile. You can count on it. Amen. Thanks be to God. I'm going to say a prayer of remembering. And my, my prayer as I say this, and you join me in that prayer, is that God would put certain things on your heart and that you may be able to give that to God. There's a recognition that remembrance means a whole lot of different things to different people. And we try in our prayers to remember all people who suffered in conflict. So let us pray. Loving God, we are here to remember. To remember again the awful cost of war. To remember the millions who gave their lives for the cause of freedom. To remember the courage and heroism, fear and pain, tragedy and grief of so many, no matter what side they find themselves on. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. Living God, we're here to remember all all of this and so much more. Those who still mourn their loved ones they have lost. Those whose lives are still blighted by war and conflict. Those whose bodies are scarred. Those whose minds are scarred. And whose spirits are hurting. Those for whom warfare has meant they cannot live the same life they've lived before and that their lives will never be the same. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. Now remember those who strive to establish and maintain peace, whether that be in government, world leaders, community workers, pressure groups are just ordinary people. All who in different ways strive to promote harmony between nations. Give victims of war the opportunity to live a normal life once more. May healing take place in their body, mind and soul. And the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
remembering. When I realised it was Remembrance Sunday and I glanced across the five uh, lectionary readings that I looked at, I was immediately caught by Joshua chapter 24. And what I saw in Joshua chapter 24, interestingly, Brent was talking about in his Remembrance Day reflections with the Navy, as you just heard in that act of remembrance earlier. I was already set on course on this sermon and then Brent sent me his little video and I couldn't believe how well they dovetailed. It's almost as if there's somebody else out there putting together these services beyond us, beyond our planning, something in the transcendent, a God maybe, a Holy Spirit. Because Brent talked very wonderfully earlier about how remembering is to remember so that we can bring that remembering into the present and so that that would inspire the future. It's almost like we remember the ghosts of those before us, not that they would haunt us, but that they would inspire us to better days. It's almost like the old movie title, we go back to the future. We don't go back to wallow in what happened. We don't go back to be stuck in those times we're remembering. We bring the memories with us. The memories, like ghosts, don't haunt us. They inspire us to something better. And that's what Brent spoke so wonderfully about earlier in the service. And then what we did was we stuck in uh, the song that Johnny and I wrote a few years ago uh, for Fitzroy. That song's about remembering. It's written for Remembrance Sunday. And the reason that we wrote that song, or that I wrote the lyric of that song, was that I, as a pastor on Remembrance Day, as I look at, and I didn't, obviously, this morning, because I'm not in the building, but they were all up in Philip Mateer. First time Philip's been editing here. Wonderful job, Philip. And Philip's uh, collage of photographs in the act of remembering, we saw all those stones, all those plaques at the, at the front of Fitzroy, of all those young people who went from here um, in the wars and who never come back, or some who did come back, but gave an awful lot of their lives uh, mentally and some literally physically in uh, sacrifice. We want to remember those of Fitzroy's past. And we want to ask, what would they be asking if they were here today? So the song is our uh, Fitzroy youth from the First and the Second World War telling us what that was like. Oh, we just went for an adventure, but actually it ended up a lot worse. And it was actually the most awful thing that you can't imagine and they can't even try to tell us. But the lines are, did we win and what did we leave for a future? Our own Fitzroy youth asking us those questions. The past, not haunting us, as much as inspiring us for what we're doing today and planning into the future. And I always remember uh, what, or I always try to imagine what it would be like if I was the minister who had to pray as they went off in the, the boats or whatever way they went off, uh, who would have had to have gone to their families when the news came of their deaths. 
I'm constantly trying to think as a pastor, how would I have dealt with that? And always trying to remember that today that would be Theo and Sam and Jonah and Ben and Eli. Those who sit around us when we gather in Fitzroy. Who would be off to war, maybe not coming back. Remembering today the Fitzroy youth. Not haunting us, but inspiring us. Going back to find a future. That's what Joshua's doing in Joshua chapter 24. That's what I loved about the dovetailing here. What Brent said, Johnny's song and the text of the lectionary are all about remembering. This is Joshua. It's the end of the book. It's the last chapter. Joshua's brought all the people together so that he would give them a speech. Uh, if it was nowadays, it would be on CNN or Sky and we would be waiting for Joshua at that lectern to come and all the crowds would be out in front of him just like a presidential speech. That might come someday. Who knows? But Joshua's trying to speak to the people before he leaves them. And what is he trying to say to them? Well, the first thing he's doing is he's taking them back. He's taking them back. Back to how God has formed them as a nation. Back to the Abrahams and the Jacobs and the Isaacs and coming out of uh, Egypt. He's bringing them back to the story that God has for them. The past not haunting them, but inspiring them. Taking them back so they would get to this point where they would start asking questions in the present that might affect and impact the future. And what he's asking, what he's asking is who they're going to worship. Who they're going to worship. This is the key question to the future. This is the key question to the future of my life. And I reckon it's the key question to the future of the world. In who we worship. In who drives our desires. In who we give our lives, our money, our time and our gifts to. And what we do with that will impact and shape and hone our lives. And Joshua's asking them, who are you going to worship? They're saying we're going to worship God. And he's saying do you know what that means? And they say we do know what that means. And we're still going to do it. What does that worship mean? Well it would have been wrong of me this week. Not to get to America. We've been watching CNN for days on end. It seems to me that. It's like VAR has done to football. We were almost bored silly with it if it wasn't so important. And many of us, and I say it sensitively, but many of us have been surprised, if not shocked, that Donald Trump got 70 million votes in America. Whether he wins or not. And as I record this, we don't know. Why was that? Well, I want to take a short many reasons for it. Many, many reasons for it. Layers of reasons for it. But I want to take a short anecdote that I think explains it to a point that fits in with our thoughts 
on Joshua chapter 24 and the inspiration from the past of our young people that went to war. What kind of world did we create? What kind of changes did we make? It was in the midterms a couple of years ago. And in the midterms, there was a man on the streets of America asked if he would vote for Donald Trump. And he said these words. He said, I don't agree with anything he says. But I know I'm better off. So yes, I will vote for him. I don't agree with anything he says. But I know I'm better off. So I'm going to vote for him. Now to me that tells us a little bit, one of the many reasons why some Americans voted Republican in this particular election. They feel they will be better off financially. There's a seems to be a, an idea that the American dream is simply about how rich people can get. And I think the American dream, God bless America, is much more important than that. Much wider than that. But there's that sense. There's a, a, an abandoned selfishness. A unaccountable capitalism that suggests that if we're better off, then it doesn't matter what we think. As long as we're better off, then that's how we should vote and that's what we should live for. Now it seems to me that that is crucial to spiritual discipleship. That is crucial to the question that Joshua asks us in Joshua chapter 24. Crucial to it. Because what we're finding here is a disconnect between the head of what we believe and the heart of what we love and want. This is from James K.A. Smith. And I have preached it quite a number of times in Fitzroy over the years. But who am I to have an ego as such that you would remember that? And also there are many watching today who haven't heard me speak about this before. What James K.A. Smith says, he's uh, a lecturer in Calvin College in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and he writes some amazing books, and he's written a book about what we love. And what we love, he says, we are more what we love than what we believe, is his argument. We are more what we love than what we believe. If you want to define yourself, you're more what you love than what you believe. And in fact, I think that's in worship we discover who we are because God wants what we love and what we want more than he wants what we believe. And there's a disconnect. I disagree with everything he says, but I know I'm better off, so I'll vote for him. There's a disconnect between belief and desire, motivation, love and want. And I think when Joshua asks the people, are they going to worship God, that God wants. God wants the people to want what God wants. So you can't just take the theology and read Christian books and come to gatherings whether they're online or whether they're in a building. You can't just sing songs and think that somehow that's you worshipping God. In fact, one of the other readings in the lectionary this week was Amos chapter 5 that tells us quite the opposite. God says to the people, away with your new songs, away with your church festivals and gatherings, away with your religious rituals. I don't want to see them. I want to throw them out. Why? Why? Because 
those gatherings and those rituals and those songs are all about what we think, what we believe. But he's not interested in what we believe if it's disconnected from what we do. Let righteousness flow like a river. Justice. Ever flowing stream. God wants us to want what God wants. Not just think nice thoughts about God or sing nice songs about God. So what do we worship today? What we worship today is what we want. And we need to go back and be inspired by those we remember. We remember the youth of Fitzroy who don't haunt us but inspire us by saying, did we win? And what kind of world did you make out of our sacrifice and victory? Joshua, what has God done for you? Thinking back of the people and the acts of the past, not haunting us, but inspiring us to a better world, to better worship. And Jesus, oh, and remembrance Sunday, let's remember Jesus. Let's remember the Jesus in Johnny's song. Where Jesus said, or where Jesus were told, sweat as of drops of blood. I read somewhere, and it may be just anecdotal, but I read somewhere that, that the closest that humans can get to that kind of sweat, that kind of tension and stress, was right there on the front line in the trenches of World War One. Let's remember the Jesus who came to earth, who lived among us, who died in the centre of injustice, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, who inspired us to peace, to inspired us to love our neighbour, who inspired us to love our enemies, who inspired us to a kingdom coming that God's will in heaven would be done on the streets of earth. Oh, when we remember, and if we could, I would love to remember around the table of sacrament, he doesn't haunt us at the table of sacrament. No, we remember Jesus who inspires us, inspires us to want what God wants. We are what we love. Oh, we might believe things, but unless that believing becomes what we love and want, we're playing games with faith that God's not interested in. As Joshua tells the people in Joshua chapter 24. So on Remembrance Day, let's go back. Let's hear the ghosts of the past not haunting us, but inspiring us. What kind of world did we win? Let's remember Joshua looking back at all the acts of God and the people of God, all oh, not haunting them, but inspiring them to worship God more pure. And let's remember Jesus living, dying, bursting through the tomb of resurrection, ascension. Oh, he doesn't haunt us, but he inspires us. And he says, guys, you're not what you believe. You're what you love. And if what you believe doesn't change what you love, then away with your songs, away with your gatherings, away with your online services. Who cares 
because unless it brings justice then you don't want what I want Thank you again for being with us for this Remembrance Day uh, Fitzroy online Sunday service. There is no fellowship after the service in the welcome area of Fitzroy, but there can be fellowship all over the world. All we need to do is lift our phone, send a text, send a message, send a WhatsApp, go on Facebook, go on Twitter, go on Instagram, go on Twitch, write a letter. Whatever ways there are, let us connect with one another in these days. Let us make sure the church is still connected and still together, even though we cannot meet in those ways. And let's share the benediction with each other. Close our eyes. Imagine the people that are normally around us when we gather in church and say and pray on to their lives those words of Paul. 
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen.